The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. Be like aesthetically pleasing, like it could be nice to look at or whatever. But if it's not right. like communicating what you want like, it to communicate, then it's not right. going to be effective for your business. And that's what you really want. You want effective branding. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing I see people do is anytime there is a holiday, a major holiday that they want to market around or do a promotion around anything, they throw their branding out the window and use, you know, red and green for Christmas, black and orange for Halloween, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, they suddenly are using these swirly holiday fonts. It's like, right. no, like the whole point of branding is to be right. consistent. So you can, right. you can find ways to bring that holiday feel into your marketing materials and still be on brand. You don't just want to like throw it out the window just because you're doing something. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the show. We have, uh, as always, another great guest. Amanda's going to be with us to talk about branding and tell her story and share all the uh, anecdotes we're going to learn as business owners. So hopefully that'll be helpful. If you are listening on your favorite podcast directory, please be sure to leave us a five-star review if you can do so. If you're watching us on YouTube, um, ring the bell, subscribe, uh, like us, all those types of things so we can keep bringing you really good content like the conversation we're going to have today. So let's get on with today's show. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. 
Hi, I'm Amanda Garacio of Studio Garacio. I'm a brand strategist and designer that partners with serial entrepreneurs, strivers, freedom seekers, and multi-passionate empire builders to craft branding that feels right, works hard, and looks awesome for both you and your audience. And today I'm going to be talking to Mitch about my own journey on becoming an accidental entrepreneur. Thanks for listening. All right, Amanda. So um, thanks for coming on. You can hear me clearly, right? Yes, I can. Thanks for having okay, me. Okay, good. I appreciate it. Um, on a sunny afternoon on a, on a Monday. Where are you located? I am in Austin, Texas. So it's like maybe two hours behind, like 105, something like that? It is 205 here. Oh, only an hour. Okay, good. Um, well, then I appreciate you putting the time aside to, you know, to talk to me today. So yeah, I mentioned before, and you, in your intro, you said, you know, you're a branding specialist and all the things that you do for people, mm-hmm. design, logo, marketing. I was looking at your website. Maybe you want to, like you said, go back and let's tell your story a little bit. That's what we're here to do today. And then we can lead into, you know, advice for people and things they should be doing maybe in the second half of the show. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So where would you like me to start? Just like take a way back. Born in the log cabin in Northern Canada. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I have had an interest in art being creative as far back as I can remember. Like when I was a kid, I was, you know, getting blank notebooks and like creating my own stories and illustrating them and like drawing them. Or I don't know if you remember those posters that came in the yellow tubes that were like black and white and you could just color, color them in like all yourself. Those were like my jam when I was little. So I have been on the creative side of things for as long as I can remember. Um, And then computers came on the scene when I was in middle school. So that's when we got our first like home computer and it was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and my dad actually got me my first kind of art program It was called Bryce 3d. And it was like a 3d scene builder thing. And it was just like, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I did nothing in those days, right? The way. Oh, compared to today. Yeah. Like very not, not good at all. Like I was doing things like, you know, floating metal orb against like just a flat plane of water, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And so when it came time to, you know, the the college years, like, what am I going to do for college? What do I want to do for the rest of my life? Um, Design seemed like a natural fit because I love art. I love computers and it kind of married them both. So that's what I went to school for. That's what I got my degree in. Graphic design. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and um, when I got where'd you, go? Where'd, you, where'd you go? Marietta College. It's a small private um, oh, yeah. liberal arts college up in Ohio. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. And um, yeah, when I got done with that, I intended to get a job somewhere in house or at an agency or something like some kind right. of full time job somewhere working for somebody else. I never right. meant <laughs> or even right. like thought college, about college. And we get a job. That's of course what you do, right? Exactly. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Any better. Yeah. So, um, at the time I had started dating a boy who lived down in Austin. We knew each other from our hometown and, um, I didn't have anything lined up. So he's like, why don't you just move down here? It's, you know, a nice big artsy city, you know, better, seemed like better prospect than anywhere in Ohio. I know now they say Austin's like one of the hottest cities to live in, in the country. That's where university of Texas is, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear it's a hot city. Okay. So that got me down to Austin. And he was a freelance web developer at the time. Uh, And so he suggested, you know, why don't, while you're job searching, why don't you take on a few freelance gigs just to, you know, have some income coming in while you're doing this. To do design work. To do design work as a designer. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah, in those days, a lot of the web guys didn't do, they weren't artists, right? Exactly. So somebody yeah. to design the graphics and somebody to do the program. Yeah. And we actually partnered on a few projects during oh, okay. the course Good. of that. But um, yeah, so I took myself to Craigslist, <laughs> yeah, which was, <laughs> which was yeah. the, the place back in the day. Uh, I got a few clients off of there and I realized, Hey, this is kind of awesome. Like I can work from home. I can set my own schedule. I don't have a commute. Like that was a big thing because driving in Austin was very scary to me having been brought up in small town Midwest Ohio. So now at that point, Amanda, did they have a lot of those websites that were freelance sites like Mm -mm. Upwork and yeah, no, like, like yeah, yeah, like Fiverr and Upwork and all those didn't really exist yeah. yet. Yeah, I had a guy this morning who's 23 years old. He started this website called Revelancer. Mm-hmm. They have about 15 to 20,000 users now. And it's he's kind of trying to rebuild the whole you know, freelance community differently than these other sites do. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, it was Craigslist. And hopefully, nobody, you know, in those days, nobody murdered you or tried to steal everything from you. So, it's probably better. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I do have a couple like scary stories from that, but, um, sure. Yeah. So I kind of like, well, this is fun. I'm just going to do this. Do like, this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I jumped in, you know, feet first, head first, whatever. Um, zero plan, zero business know-how, zero savings cushion, like kind right. of the worst place you could start a business. Right. From. And so you haven't even had a job at this, like you came into college, no job. I, I worked as a junior designer my um, my senior year of college. So I did I had interned okay. for them okay. one previous okay. summer, and then I had a job during my senior year of college. So I had like a little bit of agency experience. Right, but, but getting out, no job. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, um, all, right. all I had was you know my skills and my portfolio I'd put together from school, yeah. and that uh, works. An email account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's different in those days. Okay. Yeah. Very. Okay. So, yeah, and I just kind of went with that. And um, so you've never looked back? Like you never went and got a full-time job? I have never had a full-time job since then. This was back in 2006. Okay. So it was before that okay. kind of yeah. crash recession hit in 2008 that everybody was like, ah. Yeah. So I got in right before that, which was good. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and for many years, I was just kind of freelancing under my own name as a sole proprietor, didn't like formalize anything, just kind of like took whatever came right. my way, generalist designer. Um, and then in 2015, I was getting married and I okay. kind of used that. To the same boy? Different boy. Okay. <laughs> Different well, boy, yeah. He brought you to Austin, so you're a Texas girl now. Yeah, he got me down yeah. here and that was a good thing. And we're still friends, so it, it all okay. turned out good. Um, <laughs> like he came to my wedding and I went to his wedding. Oh, nice. Okay, that's a good story. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so, you know, I was using getting married as a kick in the butt to kind of like, okay, let me get my, my ducks in a row with the legal and financial and structure side of this business. Just so, you know, my right. husband's stuff. Formal. Yeah. My husband's stuff would be protected in the case of right. any, you know, or like steal everything from you. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you lose the, the liability of exposure. So, yeah. Okay. So um, that is when Studio Gracio, my business as it is now was born. Um, and during the process of setting that up, I kind of did some soul search and was like, what do, you know, now that I'm like being intentional about this thing that I'm building, what do I actually want it to be? And so that's when I started specializing in branding specifically, Um, instead of just being a generalist doing anything anybody would pay me to design. (laughs) Right. right, right. Well, I think a lot of us start that way. We just kind of 
making money and we're using our skills. So mm-hmm. 2008 was right after you graduated pretty much. It was about, it was two years after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got you by like longer than I'm willing to admit on a microphone. So <laughs> uh, more than 10. So, um, and then you, and that's what happens, right? So then you start doing these things and you're getting jobs and you realize that, wow, I have a clientele and there's people out there that are going to work with me. And now you have experience. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I better treat this like a real company. Yeah, I, was, I call it putting. I put on my big girl pants. <laughs> I actually treat it yeah, right. like a real thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, did you at that point? Did you write a business plan? Did you sit down and put a strategic, like marketing type of branding plan together that you kind of or you kind of that developed over time too? That the the strategic plan developed over time. I did sit down and do take myself through my own branding process as far as like. Yeah, what you want it to look like. Yeah, what, who do I want to work with? What do I want to do? What's my vision for this? Yeah. All that kind of thing. That's which, plan, you know, right? there's some overlap between that and a strategic plan. Um, so I did that. You know, I did form the LLC. I got the separate business bank accounts, got my EIN, you right. know, like all that official stuff. Um, yeah, and so that's what I've been doing ever since. And were you, were you like focused on certain niche markets because – your work had been demanded in certain industries more than others, or were you just kind of all over the board? Or Yeah, when I first started Studio Gracio, um, branding was my focus, but I didn't have an audience niche at that point because, um, honestly, I was a little bit worried, uh, like, reforming this and focusing just on branding. I was like, oh, gosh, like... No, everybody worries about that niching down. Exactly, yeah. But, it's, yeah, but you know, it's the opposite. It's true. Like, you learn later on that... Being specific and being, uh, you know, very limited in what you do actually increases your business usually yeah. because people think of you more. They know the they they have that stronger association with oh that's yeah. what she does yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. And, but, and and but that's what branding is all about right yeah finding your niche like designing your brand to speak to a specific audience I know and it's so funny because okay. it's like <laughs> I do this all the time funny. for clients but doing it for yeah. myself is still so so hard it is <laughs> so. it's difficult it's 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 so much easier for me to give legal advice to other people <laughs> than it's the advice for myself yeah. right yeah it's harder because like it's easy to be that you're the therapist for your client, for your patients, but then you need your own therapy. You know what I mean? Yes, that is very, very true. Yeah. Okay. So what did then day one look like? I mean, you were, you probably felt like, okay, I got a new company now, even though you really didn't. (laughs) I know it was a weird, it was a weird transition. So I'd had to, you know, change everything over from, you know, I had been freelancing under my maiden name, Amanda Cop. So I was changing everything over to Studio Gracio. Oh, it was so, good timing. Okay. Yeah. So it was, like I said, I kind of used that as the kick in the butt to, to formalize things. Um, yeah. Since I was changing my name anyway. Right. Um, so, yeah, there was all the, like, you know, logistics side of things, like the new email address, the new website, the new social accounts, like getting all that up and right. running. Oh, right. Because you had the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then so, there, there was... Uh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you uh, and then there was the, you know, letting everybody know this is what I'm focusing on now. And, the, right. like, you know, kind of putting my, my flag in the, <laughs> in the ground for, yeah. for branding is what I do now. And, yeah, yeah there were some, there were a few clients that I'd had on retainer doing other stuff, just like small, like, you know, graphics for their weekly email newsletter or, you know, little things like that, like that I didn't really want to do anymore because I wanted to focus on branding. So, yeah. You know, I had to have some conversations with them, find them new people to do that. So that was right. Um, you don't want to just dump your people. In yeah, especially it wasn't any like it wasn't a you know acrimonious party, and it was just I'm doing right. something different now. So different direction, right? Yeah. Um, was a lot of your business localized, or was it more, you know, because it was 
through the internet, you were doing work for just yeah. people. Yeah, surprisingly, most of my clients have not been local. Um, okay. Like even when I first started those first Craigslist jobs that I got, um, one was in New Jersey. It was a jewelry store in New Jersey. <laughs> and one okay. was like a um, hard drive erasure company that had like global offices everywhere. So it's like it didn't. Yeah, the internet kind of like opened that yeah, that world up. Sites you were on, or it was mostly Craigslist to start out. For yeah. honestly, um, long time. Yeah, because even like Facebook groups weren't like a big thing. I mean, I was on LinkedIn, but I didn't really do anything with right. it. Um, yeah, Craigslist was kind of my, my my source for a while. Did you do any local networking or going to? I did. Um, I wouldn't say that had big impact as much effect. Like I put my own ads up on Craigslist as like a, you know, creative services. And I had some people come through that. Um, but yeah, mostly it was like me browsing, like all the big city Craigslist, like New York, Chicago, LA, you know, like everywhere right, and right, seeing right. who needs a logo designer, who needs a something designer, who needs a whatever. And then, in the early days, right? Yeah. In the early days. Yeah. So then what was, so, so now that you said, okay, I'm going to be a branding specialist, let's mm -hmm. say, I don't know what you called yourself, but let's say we were doing that. Um, what was then your business development strategy? Like how are you going to, right? You didn't want to just either peruse Craigslist all the time. That's not a strategy. That'd probably make you nuts yeah. looking for things and, <laughs> you know, reaching out to them and submitting things, whatever. So yeah. What, what was the business development strategy? Um, so a lot of it was people-based, relationship-based. So um, reaching out to past clients who I had done branding for, because I did have branding projects in among all other stuff I was doing when I was yeah. freelancing. So kind of reaching out to them, knowing, letting them know, hey, I'm actually specializing in this now. If you know anybody, you know, yada, 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 please send them my way. Um, a lot, I kind of doubled down on content. So um, for a while, I was blogging pretty regularly. I had yeah, my social media gets stuff. authority, right? Creates, yes, uh, exactly. Authority, thought, right. Um, and then I did up my in-person networking too. So it right. was kind of a combination of all those. Yeah, I think people... And somebody say something to me like, oh, I don't want to approach the people that I know. And I'm like, well, you don't have to approach them and say, hey, will you do business with me? You approach them and say, hey, I'm you know, going in this direction. And you know, can I sit down and pick your brain or whatever type? And I think we overlook the resources that we have like within our own mm -hmm. you know, circle and, and building, um, what's the word? Keep in touch programs through, yes. right? Just keeping in touch with people because they might not use you. You know, maybe... You know, your best friend doesn't need your branding because whatever they do or they work for a company, whatever, but they know or will know or meet somebody or whatever. And you want to make sure that they all know it. And I think a lot of people like they shy away from that. It's almost like sales. You know, they're like, ugh. yeah, I, I agree. It's a weird know and like and love you. I mean, if they're not, maybe then they shouldn't be your friend. Like if you, that's when I was young, <laughs> a friend was in sales and he said, you know, if I call my friend from college and he says, I don't want to meet with you what does it matter what I'm selling? Like, I'm not, they're my friend. Right. So maybe they shouldn't be my, like, then they, they said, well, now I'm not going to talk to them again. Like I don't, you know, because then they're not really your friend. They just think like you're going to try and sell them. So I, this is ridiculous. So I, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people too, on uh, kind of the flip side, I hear a lot that people get referrals from friends and family who don't really understand what they do. And so the referrals right. are not great. It's yeah. like, well, if right. you took the time to, to, let right, to let me explain more clearly to you. what you do, right. you might be getting you do better. You have to train referrals. your friends. Yeah. yeah. Just like you train your clients. They go through mm -hmm. the process and you make them good referral sources because, mm -hmm. you know, not because they're like 
looking out for you all the time. You, you want to keep in touch with them, but so they can know where you fit and how you know? I help. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, I get calls with the craziest things, but, and I like to be that resource, but I do get people that say, Oh, you know, can you do this? I'm like, no, I don't do that kind of law. I know some people that do, but I, I don't yeah. do it. So let me find them, you know, people and whatever. But yeah, I mean, especially in your industry, let's call it, you know, marketing and, and, Design, and, even just design. Right. Like. It's, it's a very broad category. So there's people that do different parts of it all over the place. I probably know 50 people that work in your industry, and they probably would all tell me that they do different. Well, no, I'm not like Amanda. I do this. And the other mm-hmm. person, I, I'm not like her. I, I'm like him. And yeah, you know, I, I do this strategy, and we only use this platform. Yeah. You know, some of them are very, yeah, really specific. And I think when you're building that kind of a business, it could be what you want it to be, right? Like you do probably the stuff that you enjoy and the stuff yes. that you're good at. And who wants a designer that doesn't like what they're doing? Like they're not going to give you a good result. Exactly. Or, right? I mean, you know, if they have a baseline yeah. skill, it might be okay, but like they're going to hate working right. on it. So it's not going to have that extra sauce. What they're doing for you, what they're paying, what you're yeah. paying them for. So yeah. And, and I'm a big fan of, you know, don't do what you like. If there's something that you need for a client and you're not really the person to do it because you're like, I really don't want to do it, then bring somebody in to do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just upcharge the whole, you know, the whole yep. thing. Subcontract for sure. Yeah, subcontract. Yeah. Right. I do it for law. I don't, there's a lot of law I don't do. But I'm not going to let the client walk out the door and be like wandering the earth looking for. <laughs> what they're supposed to do. People don't, yeah. people don't know what to do. So, well, that, okay, yeah, so, I mean, that's similar because like I don't do, yeah. for example, like animation. So if somebody wants okay. like a logo animated, it's like, well, I don't do that, but I Forget can find, right. you know, I can do the logo and then bring somebody in to animate it. Like, that's fine. Like, yeah. 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 yeah like, it's like, what is that? Um, whiteboard animation. You see some like commercials that way or whatever. And not just anybody can do those things. They, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just I'm, like a skill. That is not a skill set I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, where are we now? We're in like 2000 and. This was, 16, 17, this was about 2000. It was the fall of 2015 when I when I formed Studio Gracia. Yeah. Okay. So you kick it off mm-hmm. and you start your thing. Do you remember your first branding client? Like, not that was a carryover. I mean, true new. Yeah. Brand. Yeah, I do actually. And this one actually was a local client. Um, okay. Wish I remembered how he found me. I probably have it written down somewhere, but um, he reached out to me, which is always nice. Um, yeah. And he was starting a whiskey distillery here. Ooh, in a bourbon guy. Yeah, right. Um, and his angle was that they were doing sustainably made whiskey, so they were reusing barrels from other industries. Um, okay. Instead of like new barrels, like saving trees, it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, you know, so we. That is, is that bourbon, American bourbon, I believe, somebody can correct me, I'm sure, is one of the things about American bourbon is that it's made in new oak barrels. Yes, and I know. now you see all these things being reused, so mm-hmm. it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so we did, um, you know, the base brand and the logo suite and the brand guidelines, all that, we did uh, labels for the two varieties of whiskey. We did this the um, launch website. I, I think I even did, like, um, like box design for when they started like distributing and stuff like that. And that was really cool. Cause it was local too. Um, they unfortunately went out of business during the pandemic, but um, oh, geez. it was really uh, you know cool. I was still up. Oh, no, I know why, because they couldn't make the stuff. It wasn't that people weren't drinking. They were all drinking like crazy. Our neighbors, it would be like recycling day and you know, which ones of your neighbors are drunk. They'd have like a full <laughs> garbage, can of, you know, wine bottles yeah. and whiskey bottles. 
but I guess that was a challenge for the for the distilleries and stuff. They had nobody well, to Well, because a big part of the revenue was you know distribution to like local bars, yeah. and cafes, and right. stuff, and so they suddenly oh, lost that. Yeah. yeah, I mean they were yeah, in that's... stores too, but like they were definitely building on like the local community, local feel, and so when that's too shut bad. Down, it, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I always like uh, like local stuff. So I always find it interesting. So because when it comes to branding, I think people think like, oh, now I'm going to do my logo. And they, and they don't really think about it holistically, mm. right? So in that client's instance, right, you were building a brand that would carry through to yeah. their labels, their yeah. marketing materials, right? Their colors, their look, their feel. And they had guidelines that they would follow, right, mm-hmm. for – because that's what branding really is, isn't it? Yeah. So branding, um, the way I look at it, is about answering the question, why should they choose you? And so that comes okay. through in, you know, your mission, your values, your audience, your visuals, like the design stuff, um, the copy you use, the experience you provide, the reputation you build, like all of that is included in branding. And so the way you are, the way you can help shape that and be intentional about that is sitting down first and deciding, okay, like you said, like, what is this that I'm trying to build? Like, right. you know, what is my angle in the market like what what's is the my, message what's the message across. who who is this yeah. for um right. you know what is my vision for where this company is going like all that kind of stuff right um so that's the first step in my branding process is we sit down right. and we go through all those questions and get clear on those because a lot of times people have it up in their head you know kind of jumbled right. maybe like vague down. ideas but yeah. they haven't actually sat down to lay it out, write it out and get really clear on that. And just that process alone can be so helpful with brand building. Oh, it's like, I've had people tell me like that part alone is like brand therapy, but like they love that part of it. So, right. Well, I think, I guess that's the point where people should focus on like ideal client profile, ideal customer Uh profile, right? Mm -hmm. You can choose who you do business with, like who's the best kind of person. And then you target your branding towards that way. Don't target the people that you don't want to work with. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. And don't target everyone because that's not. That's workable. not targeting. Yeah. That's not targeting. That's, that's not, just scattered. That's not the definition of targeting. <laughs> yeah. Targeting is, you know, shooting for something. Yeah. yeah. So then well, once you have that established and you can pull like central ideas from that, those are your goalposts for everything else you do in your business. So you can look at a logo design and say, okay, does this communicate what we said we wanted to communicate? You can look at copy for an ad or a print piece and say, okay, is this tone of voice on brand with what we, how we said we wanted to make people feel? Is it, you know, does it match up with what we said we wanted our brand to be? So it it just kind of helps like focus all your other efforts to like this one central idea. Right. Well, if you, if you don't really do that, then you really can't answer the why. Yeah. Why are we making this brochure? Why are we putting this ad in? Why are we building the website like this? Exactly. Lawyers are, I, I hate, I say this all the time. So I probably have a lot of friends who hate me now, but lawyers are notorious for this. They'll, they'll talk to some people or they'll put up a website. They all look the same and they don't do anything. Like there's no purpose, you know, they, have, they feel like they have to have a website. So they throw no, up a website. Branding. branding is maybe colors and a logo, but they're like a billboard on a highway that nobody's driving down. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you can find out information on their lawyers, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, there's no marketing about it or a look and feel. There are some firms that do it well, but there's a lot that, uh, that don't because they're not working with brand specialists. Yeah. You know, and they working. think, you know, yeah. you know, people can find out here's what I do. And if they want to work with me, they That's can reach out. But it's like, but, right. you know, there's a ton of other lawyers. What's going to make them choose you? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Why do they choose me? There's plenty of lawyers around that do what I do. Mm-hmm. 
and that are just as good or better than me. I shouldn't say that all out, but you know, I'm the best lawyer, but they're be- they're good. You know, exactly. So different things. But I, yeah. Yeah. But I've been very, very kind of when we, and I had my firm with partners and everything, we we had certain colors, we had certain look and feel of our logos. And then when I went in on my own, I wanted to be a very intentional person on the personal side, cause I'm into personal branding too. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that, if you're writing and speaking like the podcast and so forth, and then on the, uh, on the business side as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like we're Coca-Cola, but still there, things give you a feel, right? We're very visual. So yes. it gives you a feel of, you know, warmth or not so good feel about what you're doing. Yeah, I you think know? That's something people forget too. Oftentimes the first impression people will have of you or your business is a visual one. Like before they read the words or hear the jingle or whatever it is, whatever format they're, they're, interacting with like the visuals is what hits first so you 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 know you have the opportunity to be intentional about that why wouldn't you take advantage of that like why would you just leave it up to chance yeah exactly right that's what it is it's up to chance Mm -hmm. and they're throwing blogs out there and they're speaking and they're putting up articles and they're posting things and it all looks different and nobody's nobody starts recognizing it they're not building you know because it's all over the place yeah yeah and and i don't care and I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't, I, there's no like difference between a, a solo person and a small business versus like branding's important on, on all levels. It doesn't mean like your logo needs to nest. Everybody says, I have my logo name. Should we get it trademarked? <laughs> like, well, it's got your name in it. So probably nobody's going to steal your last name. And like, what's the point, right? Yeah. It can still be your brand. Uh, by the way, you can always put a TM by, it's like common law trademark by your name. You don't have to go and file it with the federal government, Good but <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. So people get like crazy about that. Like, you know, as opposed to just saying, okay, I like this logo. I like the way it looks and let's get out there and start to build a a thing. So, okay. Why don't we do this? I got to like, you know, give a props to the uh, sponsors. They gave me a little bit of money to keep this thing going. It's like two minutes and then we'll come back and we can talk about, you know, advice and you know, what people do right, wrong, things you see, and we can uh, go that direction. Does that make sense? Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Then let's go to the commercials. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. 
They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts, as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. And we are back. Amanda, thanks yeah. for your patience there. No me from editing anything in the videos. So I like that. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Oh, we're going to get into now advice for... Small business owners, mistakes you see yes. people making, things that they should do, maybe some things that they can do on their own, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we don't have the budgets that we'd like to have. Um, but as we build it up, then we can go legit. Yes. Uh, that's right. the goal. <laughs> I do the same thing for the entrepreneurs. Again, started on a cheap package and then hopefully work them up and you know so forth. So why don't we start with things you see that people consistently do wrong? There's two things that come to mind for that. Number one... Okay. A lot of times I see business owners just pick their favorite color or their favorite font and use that as the base of their branding, um, okay. which I understand. Like you want to like your own branding for your business. Like you don't want something you don't like, but the, right. the problem with that approach is you're really, you're not talking to yourself with your branding. Your branding isn't meant for you. It's meant for your right potential clients or customers. So you need to be making sure it communicates to them what you want. You got to figure that out. Yeah. So it may end up still being your favorite color. It may still end up being your favorite font or whatever, but but don't just assume. Don't just assume it's the same as your personal. Like why do they buy? You're usually wrong nine times out of 10. You know what I equate it to? If you buy cologne, right? You make sure your wife likes the smell. It doesn't <laughs> right. You like the smell. My wife once said that. I go, I like this. Do you like this? She goes, it doesn't matter if you like it. I go, no. Do you like it? She says, not really. I said, so why would I, well, then why would I exactly. wear it? Exactly. That's, that's a really good analogy. I might have to, to steal yeah, that write for that one down, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to smell good for yourself. What's the point? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, you don't want to smell bad for yourself either, but no, like, you yeah. don't want to offend yourself, but still you also don't want to offend your wife. So if yeah. your branding is something that you like, but it offends your customers, then you better change it. Yeah. So and that, you better know that you're, yeah, be, be intentional about it. Yeah. Good, good so advice. That, okay. that, that's the major thing I see is people just, you know, assume their personal preferences are their audience preferences. Photos, yeah. you find you can find a stock photo in any color palette you want. Like even like right. my color palette's kind of unusual. I have this like light coppery color and like a dark green and like I can find holiday photos for any holiday in in those color tones. So you could do that. Right. You could add like bokeh effect or do something, you know, like sparkles or whatever. You, you can give it a holiday feel without throwing your branding out the window. So right. That's, that's why the best time to to promote your branding because more people are looking at it. Yes. Yeah. And it will stand out because it won't be the red, white, and blue or the green and red or whatever it is for, for the right. holiday. So exactly. Yeah. But did you find that people kind of market at the wrong time when it comes to a holiday? Like sometimes it's better to either do it the week before or the week after. So you're not like in the middle of everything or I think, I think that's really subjective. I think it depends on okay. not only the holiday, but also the business. Like okay, some business, especially like for Christmas, if you're a product business, you're going to want to do it before. So people have time to actually like buy the thing and get it under the tree and right. all that. Beginning um, of the holiday season. Yeah. So it, it depends on the business. Okay. 
Good advice. Okay. So uh, it can't be only two mistakes a business owner makes. So <laughs> Those are the biggest ones I see. Um, okay. I mean, I guess the other one would just be in general, not being consistent, like not having set colors right. and set fonts that you use again and again and again. Whether you choose them yourself or a designer chooses them, you should actually sit down and say, okay, these are my three to five colors that I'm going to use. These are my two fonts, one for headlines, one for body. And that's what I'm going to use. That's just what I'm going to use everywhere. Um, because I see people like, you know, you look at their social media accounts, every other, you know, post is different colors, different fonts. And there's like no visual continuity, right. no building a recognition factor. No, you know, like I couldn't have told you what their branding was just looking at that. Cause it just changes every single post. Right. Um, so, so if you're, if you're just getting started and you have mm-hmm. no budget or whatever, is that what you do? You, you should pick like a, a small color palette and you should pick like, one or two or three fonts and as to where you're going to use and make some rules that go with those things. Yes, absolutely. And if you, if like you said, you're starting out and you don't have the budget to have somebody help you with this. Um, I, I guess the, the best advice I can give is think about how you want people to feel when they interact with your business. What is the feeling you want to leave them with okay. and pick your colors based on that. Pick a color that feels like that. Um, Cause that's a good place to start. Um, yeah. And then your color palette, I say three to five colors because that gives you enough variety that you'll have contrast between like, you know, background and text or a little mm-hmm. bit of variety without not being chaotic. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, okay. And then, yeah, two fonts, one for headlines, one for body copy. And that's really all you need. And if you just, you know, create a simple Google doc, write all this down, write your hex code colors in there, write the name of your fonts and just always use those. That, right. that alone will get you set up like, like aces against so <laughs> compared to so many other new business owners. Like now yeah. the hex code is the code you can put into when you're doing the colors, even on like word, you put that into the exact color, right? Yes. So, so that's DIY. what most people and will tone. be dealing with if they're DIYing stuff. So whether you're, you know, entering a color in Squarespace for your website or in Canva for a color or in like Google Docs or Word or something for color, it's the hex code. It's a six digit letters and numbers code right. for a color. It's almost like a Pantone code, but a different sort of, yeah, yeah. Thing. Got it, got it, so. got it. Okay. So um do I do I start with my well this may be depending on your industry, but do I start with a logo on my letterhead and a business card? Do I start with my website and carry that over? Do I got to start somewhere, right? And then carry it through. Does it depend yeah. whether on e-commerce or retail or? I mean, yeah, like you said, it does depend on the business. Obviously, if you're e-commerce, the website is going to be the priority. Yeah, right. um, if you're a brick and mortar, then more print things might be the priority. Um, but in general, you want to at least have a online presence. So even if you don't plan on actively using them, I would like, you know, Claim a Facebook page, claim an Instagram page, right. claim with a banner page. that matches with your brand. Exactly. With a we'll banner that matches that. your branding. Yeah. yeah. They have LinkedIn, no banner, then have a picture of their face. It's right. Like, right that yeah. Crazy. That's the, you know, that's like a, the minimum viable brand is a picture of the face and then like some consistent branding anywhere right. that you're going to show up. Um, yeah. And you don't have to show up everywhere. So whatever makes sense for the business. But uh, I would say like, to get going, yeah, put together a simple wordmark logo, you know, just use something in fonts. Don't worry about like an icon or symbol or anything, just something that looks nice until you can have a designer do one for you. Um, right, they'll redo everything anyway. Yeah, yeah, they right. will, yes. Which is nothing wrong. That's a good time to do a brand refresh, right? I exactly. mean, Exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think um, people should do that too. They don't realize they should refresh their, their stuff. And like, it looks like you're newer, you're updated, you're more high tech. I don't know, whatever it is. Oh, a hundred percent. And plus yeah. like if you, if you're new to business and you're just starting out, like it may take you a few years in, like get your feet wet and figure out really what you want this business to be, like where you want it to go, who you want to work with and stuff. You kind of have right. to try a lot of things first to narrow down what you want. And so then, yeah, your branding may evolve as you kind of narrow your focus. That's completely normal, completely fine. Like, it's going to happen. I've rebranded Studio Gracia three times. Yeah, me too. Reinvented. <laughs> it's a little fun to a certain extent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, my logo in the back there over my head is uh, a newer one. And a client of mine does all of the web stuff and everything. And then I said to him, listen, my podcast is getting lost in the, in the law firm. And I'm coming out with a book, which is based on law anyway. But speaking, mm-hmm. things like that. Can we do a MitchBeinhacker.com, like a separate? And he made a logo that kind of matched. Mm-hmm that one you know to go with the yeah, person like a whole ecosystem of branding yeah kind of I, he he didn't he didn't want me to do a double-sided business card he was against that but i said i can't go to a networking event and pull out two cards and then people get confused <laughs> so I, I made him do it that way and he's like okay so uh, but there are some events i go to i can't like do if i go to like a a town meeting and i have to represent a client i'm not gonna give him a card with my personal branding on the back so i have another card for just for yeah, those purposes. That, that's, purpose. that's a tricky yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what the hell? You have a podcast? Great. I'm like, Hey, everybody's got to do marketing. You know, that's the way <laughs> I look. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, good. So where were we? We talked about problems. We talked about advice. Mm-hmm. Um, any good success stories without like embarrassing anybody or telling, giving away personal Ooh, information? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I had a client here in Austin who had been, homebrewing beer for quite a while. Um, yeah, it was a big thing in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his dream was to have a brick and mortar, like brew pub situation. Yeah, one so, of these, yeah. Yeah. So he wanted to do a crowdfunding campaign to help raise funds to like, you know, yeah, renovate and get, yeah, get all these right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Most. So he's like this branding I've put together myself, that I did years ago is not gonna, it's like, it's, it's terrible. It was not good. It was terrible. Yes. And he was, he's like, I know it's terrible. It's okay. Yeah. So, you know, we got him set up with new branding and he used that on his crowdfunding campaign. He raised 122% of his goal wow. for that. So he raised and, enough to open the brew pub? Yes. And it has been open since the fall of 2021. It's still open. It's still gone. And he is living his dream. Oh, that's, that's like the middle fun. of the pandemic. How did he open up? Well, by then, I guess things are starting to open up, right? Things are starting like, to open up by then. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I know the timing was like, uh. But <laughs> no, but you it's nearby, right? So you can go to the brew pub and get see your branding and stuff. It is so fun to go there because he had me help consult on like the signage and like the paint colors and like all that stuff inside too. And it's just mm-hmm. very cool to see that in person. Yeah, well, those kind of businesses, branding is a huge part of what mm-hmm. it's their It's their brand. You know, it's what they do. Yeah. You know, it's not like the color of their beer. So, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean they absolutely. could if they wanted to go that way, I suppose. But. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Good. I, I I like that stuff. So, what other stories you got? Oh gosh. Um, Any difficult ones where you tried to help people and just they either wouldn't listen to you or whatever? Okay, I can tell you one of my horror stories from the early okay. early days. Yeah. So yeah. this is one of the um, Craigslist horror stories. So okay. This was my first year down in Austin, my first year freelancing. Um, and somebody had reached out to me 
off of my ad on Craigslist saying you know, like, hey, I need help with a logo for my new recording studio. They were doing a music recording studio. And I was like, oh, sure. Awesome. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. And so um, she gave me an address in East Austin and we were going to have the meeting there. I assumed it was an office, right? I assumed it was like a studio. <laughs> Get Uh-oh. there and it's it's a house, first of all, and it's a very rundown house and it's got like cinder blocks in the front yard and like trash and like it's not... Uh-huh. It's not a nice house. We'll put it that way. And so I'm I'm already feeling a bit trepidatious. I get up to the door and I knock and and I hear from, from farther down in the house, he's like, hold on, let me put on a shirt. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) How did you, how did you find this guy? She found me on Craigslist. Yeah. And so she answers the door with clothes now and uh, we go in and there's no furniture in the place. There's like, like, like there's no chairs, no couch, there's nothing to sit on. There is like one room that has, you know, a door plank across some boxes and two chairs. Yeah, you know what houses a computer are like, on like that. Drug dens or, or like that. <laughs> right? they don't need Yeah. And no other furniture in the house. And so I'm already thinking like, how do I extract myself from this situation? <laughs> like, a recording studio? This is what I'm thinking. I'm like, how is this like business like i don't understand and so we we start talking and she's telling me that she wants a photo of a toilet in her logo and it's like a prison toilet and i don't even remember what the reasoning was but like she was adamant about this and like didn't understand that you don't put a photo in a logo because it can't scale to different and like just a toilet yeah. yeah, and it had nothing to do. I don't remember what the business name was at this point, but it had nothing to do with the even the name of her business. I just did like it just did not make any sense across the board. And finally, I was like, I am not comfortable with this. I don't think I am the person to help you with this. Right, I'm not and the right person. It took me a couple times of saying that before she would actually let me leave because she kept trying to convince me to like work with her. And I was like, No, just let me out of this house. So yeah, that is my um, Craigslist horror, horror story. story. When I used to have a firm that was in town where we had a, we were in a house in the, in the, you know, like the professional area where the doctors were, yeah. the lawyers, and every once in a while, somebody would just walk in and they're always the crackpots, you know, uh. there was, you know like uh, the one guy walked in. Have you ever heard of sovereign citizens? There are these people that like, don't think that the constitution applies to them and they make their own driver's license and whatever. And he was like, I want, you know, I need to put up a trust because I, 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 I'm not exposed to the laws. I'm like, well, look, look, I'm a member of the American bar association. I enforce the laws of the United States. I'm not, you know, you can forget about it, but yeah, they get pulled over by the police and they give them the license and they get arrested because they're like, this isn't a license. It's my license. Not in this country. It's not. Yeah. I didn't know that was the name for them, but yeah, I have heard of people. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just met a guy, um, we were talking about marketing and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I just met a guy from Austin. I had two people from Austin. Who was the other one? I can't remember. Like two weeks ago, I had two podcast interviews. They were both from Austin, Texas. I'd never met anybody from Austin. And now I met you. He wrote a book <laughs> called The Two-Hour Cocktail Party. You ever heard of it? No, I haven't heard of this one. So the idea is, I don't know if it works for you and me when we got, we're married, whatever. I don't know if people come to your house. But <laughs> so you let's say you're in Austin. You live in a, in a big city. You don't know a lot of people. It's there's a whole process of creating a cocktail party and inviting ten or fifteen people and networking and connecting them. And he wrote a book on it, like it's like eight, ten okay. chapters. His name is. Uh, I had it here. I forget. Anyway, so if if you if you hear about this in Austin, 
and you meet him or you get invited to his cocktail party, you tell him that you know me. All right. <laughs> I think his name is Nick. His name is Nick. Uh, wait a second. I tell you right now because I think it was last week or two weeks ago. It was Nick Gray. Okay. And the other guy's name was Steve Kilberg. I forget what he does. He's a consultant, but he's also in Austin. Yeah, it's a booming city these days. Like it is, even since I moved here in 2006, it's changed so much. Oh, big time. Yeah, big no, time, I hear yeah. it's, it's a great place to live. It is, yeah. So, yeah, so if you do, if you're somewhere and somebody mentions a two hour cocktail party, you know, I just heard about that. <laughs> I'm in the know now. Awesome. This guy, Nick. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what's a good way for people to like, you know, learn about you and follow you and learn from you. And, you know, yeah, I mean, they can hire you if they go to your website. And they can absolutely put, hire oh. me. My website is a great place. Um, yeah. As far as social media, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn these days. So that's okay, good. Can yeah, I like LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay, good. And you have articles on there and you post blogs and things like that. I do post. Um, <laughs> my blog kind of fell by the wayside when I had my daughter and I haven't quite gotten that up again. Right. But, but you're I do... busy doing stuff for customers and clients. So you can't exactly. Um, I do have an email newsletter that goes out every two weeks and I do post on okay. LinkedIn. So I have, and I do things like this where I'm a guest. Yeah, there you go. Guess stuff, so. how, do they, how do people get on your mailing list? Is that through your website? Yeah, they can sign up on their website. I have a link to it on my LinkedIn. So yeah, they can find it if they're looking for it. Okay, good. Any last minute advice, like if you're a business owner getting started out before we sign yeah. off? So to speak? I just want people to like realize when you own your own business, you can build it into anything you want. You just have to get clear on what it is you do want first. Like right. Building in a vacuum of what you're, what you're trying to do is the slow way. <laughs> so right. take a and little time. doing it. Right. The sooner you get clarity, the better off you are. Yes, exactly. So, so the sooner you can get sit down and like take some time to actually get clear on that, I think the, the sooner you'll see that lift off with your business. Right, exactly. All right. Well, Amanda, you'll remind me after we get off how we connected, but um, I appreciate coming <laughs> on on Friday and enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll go to the closing and uh, stick around for a little bit. Okay. Thank you so much for having me on, Mitch. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.